Hey there, and welcome to episode 46 of Neil Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host for this podcast where I interview citizens of the geeky realm. Thanks for listening wherever and whenever you are. Really great interview for you to listen to right now. I was lucky to have Josh Dean with me as my guest. Josh is an actor, improviser, director, and he's also a pretty damn good cook. Most recently, Josh was a head writer on the critically loved Con Man the Series, starring Alan Tudyk and Nathan Billion, which streams on Comic-Con HQ, and he also played Rico Java on the show. He currently has a recurring character on Blind Spot on NBC, and Josh has been the voice behind many characters in video games, including Dragon Age and Mass Effect. He's also a voice director for a lot of video games, most recently Mass Effect Andromeda. We, of course, talk about Josh's entire career, how he got from Edmonton to Los Angeles, improvising and his obsessive love of video games. He was very gentle with me since I am not a gamer. So thank you, Josh. Thank you very much. You can also catch Josh on his Twitch show Wednesday nights at six where he plays video games and makes jokes and gives away prizes. So you catch that on Twitch. So that's twitch.tv forward slash M-T-N-D-E-W, twitch.tv forward slash Mountain Dew. Please don't forget to check out geekgirl30.com for all your pop culture and geek culture news. You can also listen to my other podcasts, Booze and Phasers and Five Truths and a Lie. By the way, this week's Booze and Phasers episode, which is episode 23, is really great. We had Gotham, Orphan Black, and Dark Matter director TJ Scott plus 4,400 actor Kai Erickson, and it's a really good one. I think you'd love it. Also, head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio, or maybe even all of them, and give Neil Before Odd a rating and a review if you are so inclined. I'd be ever so grateful. All right, for now, enjoy your walk, your workout, your commute, your cleaning, whatever you are doing as you listen to episode 46 of Neil Before Odd with Josh Dean. Internet, heed this call. Open your minds and ears and prepare yourselves to kneel before all. Hi, and welcome to episode 46 of Kneel Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host, and this is a show where I interview geek patriots. Today, my guest is actor, writer, improviser, director, Mr. Josh Dean. Josh has done a lot of television and film work. He's also been a voice actor on many popular video games like Dragon Age and Mass Effect. And recently, Josh was on Blind Spot. And more recently, Josh was a head writer on Con Man, the series starring Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion, which streams on Comic-Con HQ. And he also played Rico Java on the show. <laughs> it just makes me laugh when I, when I say it. I can't even get through my intro. And one more thing. Josh was able to announce back in November on N7 Day uh-huh. that he was the vo- one of the voice directors on Mass Effect Andromeda. Andromeda. Welcome, Josh. Thank you so much, Audrey. Thank you for having me. I kneel before you. As you should, as you should, you came in ready. I was about to uh, keep with this really um, interview, interviewee kind of thing for the, but then we're friends. Yeah, we can, we can, yeah. just, we can it, just have a nice it, chat. I mean, the funny thing is, we're friends, and I don't know half the shit you do until I hear about it from somebody else. That, but because I, we don't talk about that. Yeah, that, exactly. When we're together. We just have like a nice little riff time, or talk yeah. about politics, and yeah. instead, we don't, yeah. we don't go through our resumes with each we other. We don't. We don't. You know what that means? 
That means true friendship. That's what that means. In LA, and that means true friendship. I'm just making sure that my, yeah, that this is all good. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to have any ringy, ringy, ringies. Well, on, yeah. on your phonesies? That's right. No problem. Uh, Josh. Yes. Um, What is your nerd origin story? Uh, I, I'm, I have three things that I'm really nerdy about. But okay. The original thing that is definitely video games. I'm okay. A, I was, as a kid, I wasn't allowed not, I wasn't allowed, just my parents didn't have, a, we didn't have a video game system or a computer right, at home. Right, right. And I think the the, the scarcity created a, a, an extreme obsession for me. Uh-huh. So I would draw video games. I, anytime a video game appears were in a you movie. Drawing, were you drawing them from experience at your friend's house or at an arcade? Just like seeing like the uh, the cabinet art of at an arcade, you know, oh, yeah. going, okay. you know, like yeah. uh, my parents would give me a quarter occasionally to play, but I was, you know, I never played. So it would be over very fast, but I would sit stand and like, I remember hotels used to have arcades in them and stuff, uh, yes, you know, yes. and I would stand and watch. It's for parents to get rid of their kids. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, I never thought about what oh, was I'm happening sorry. while I was in that arcade. I'm so sorry, Josh. Oh God, that time they gave me a dollar fifty. Um, they only needed 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I used to go and just stand and watch the watch the demo reel, you know, the uh, demo loop over and over oh, and over okay. again. Yeah. Or, and I would like, be, it would be so exciting if someone would come up and actually play the game. And I, it must have just seemed like such a creepy little kid. And well, like, that was part of arcade culture, though. You walk into an arcade yeah. and you see, always see people standing around. Stand around, yeah. yeah. And you like, then the, I remember being at Circus Circus in Las, Las Vegas. My family took a, a trip there and, and uh, being in the arcade and playing Double Dragon and someone put a quarter in like on the little thing above where the screen is uh, which i didn't know means they're calling the next game the next yeah i didn't know i was like yeah. oh great someone just like well maybe i i wasn't looking uh, maybe my dad gave me another quarter <laughs> I got, yeah so i put it into the machine and that's did you get yelled at? yeah i did uh <laughs> but like even in movies i i remember always like if a video game appeared in a movie uh-huh. you know whether it was like uh, pole position in the movie Daryl. Last Starfighter. Or, uh, Last Starfighter. I love that movie. Or uh, you know, um, what a uh, uh, karate uh, karate champ in uh, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like all uh-huh. of these, like just any time that an arcade game appeared, I would even just I would remember that would be the exciting part of the movie for me. So uh, it wasn't until I was probably ten that we got a, a Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then so I've been a video game nerd ever since. Well, I kind of had like the opposite that you experienced than you did. It was the same thing where my parents didn't get, you know, everyone was getting Ataris. Right. You know, at, at um, and, you know, we had eight people in my house. My dad had just retired from the military, so we didn't have a lot of money. So there's that whole story. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, there was no video games in my house till I went to college and there I have two brothers I have a brother and sister that are like uh 10 and 12 years younger than me. Oh gotcha. So as I go away for for college, they get Nintendo. <laughs> so I never but my friends had it and instead of like like you where you became obsessed with everything. Right. If I can't have it, I won't do it and I will block it yeah, out. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, you sure. know. Cuz I did go over there and I played Defender and it was so fun. And what was the other one? Uh Barnstorming? Uh and, Got a little older than you, so I don't know if you played these. I mean, I have gone back and played yeah. a lot of the old games. The, Defender and uh, I think it was called Barnstormer came with Atari. Uh-huh. And it was just a, a plane that's going up, yeah, and, up down, and down and you go through barns. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and you try yeah. not to crash. And I was starting to have so much fun. And then I was just like, and then I went home. 
we told our parents about it, and God bless them. I, looking back, I can see in their eyes. I wish we could buy it for you, Oh, uh, sure. But what they did is my dad went into the garage, and he came back out, and he said, I hooked something up for you girls. And we got really excited, and we came out, and it was Pong. We had, uh-huh. I don't know if you ever played that. Yes, it's absolutely. That and it's just like, after you play Defender, yeah, like, yeah. you can't really play. <laughs> yeah. Pong, we back did to for Pong. a day, you know, because it kind of made my parents happy. And then, uh, and that's then, so but, sweet, though. But oh, it like, is. Oh, they wanted us to uh, have it. Of course they did. Yeah. And then I, it was that way with arcades, where my friends would go in. I didn't want to go in and learn. Although I did, when I did play a game in an arcade, it was always Centipede. That was my game. Oh, yeah, Centipede. Yeah. yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. Really hard. That those That was too hard for me, given my budget. I had a quarter, so I had got, to yeah. I had to budget my you know. Yeah. So Galaga was one I could last for a long time in. That's a uh, very good point. Yeah, that's a good one. And and uh, uh, what else? Well, Galaga was my favorite arcade game. I think you know yeah. Burger Time. I found that very exciting because he just because hamburgers are fun, but also <laughs> just something about the <laughs> physics of it. So yeah, I I loved I loved video games. So much I still do. I mean, when I the morning paper I read is like yeah. Rock Paper Shotgun and uh, Polygon are the two websites I go to. I'm good at mobile solitaire, <laughs> iPad solitaire. I can yeah. play that all day long. I don't know I if there's it. a way to be good at it. Well, you don't understand that there is a way to have a competition in solitaire. And um, if you download Mobile Deluxe's Solitaire Deluxe, uh, you can find out. There's there's a leaderboard. Spam alert. <laughs> there's a leaderboard and and everything. And there's like 20 different kinds of solitaire. Are you bringing it up because you're on the top of this leaderboard? I usually am. So, Josh, where were you born? I was born in uh, in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. Is that near Vancouver anyway? It is very. It's essentially a suburb of Vancouver. Uh-huh. Uh, but we moved almost immediately to Saskatchewan. Uh, oh really? Yeah, and then um, and then when I was eight, we moved to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and that's where I basically all my formative years were. So, like, you kept going more and more north. Is that? Uh, am I right? Essentially, yeah, we went. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, I would. So, I believe. I'm always fascinated. I, I interviewed um, Todd Fennell, an actor from um, Canada, last week, and um, I know I'm sure Canadians get tired of weather questions. But I'm from Florida, so sure, I, feel yeah. I, I have a right to ask weather Yeah, absolutely. When, yeah. You have your I'm, own terrifying have, weather. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Um, do you, being down in L.A. for as, as, as long as you have, you've been here for, for over a decade, do you do you miss going back and, and being in the snow? Do you really look forward to it? We go back. As a vacation, but not living in it? Yeah, yeah. As, as a vacation and as a, a brief a vacation as yeah. I can have. I mean, like, I uh, we go back. My wife's family is also fr- is from the same area. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so we go. And also she, she works in Louisville, Kentucky. And we spend some time on the East Coast every once in a while. So we still are exposed to weather. But when we, it's always exciting at Christmas. Oh, we're going to go back. There'll be snow on the ground. It'll mm-hmm. be great. This year it was snowing as we landed, which is just, you know. Yeah. So apropos, and then, but then, you know, just walking from the airport terminal to the car, you're like, what were we thinking? This is the worst. <laughs> and why would someone choose this? The world is trying to murder us, you know? So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, but it's really, it just, it's fa- amazing how fast it just becomes nothing. You know, yeah. you, you don't even realize it. Yeah. That it, you, you have to put on a bigger jacket and uh-huh. it sucks. It hurts uh-huh. outside sometimes, but it hurts it's not face. a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or it freezes your inside of your nose. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've only seen uh, snow once, and like I said, my dad was in the military, and we lived in Budapest, but I was like um, three, four, and five, 
Oh. So I remember putting jackets on that had the elastic inside them so you wouldn't lose your mittens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like, right. Like yeah. my mom putting they that on me. Call them idiot said, strings. Yeah, it is. Well, I was three or four. <laughs> hey, so I lose my... I can't even have gloves because I lose them all of the time. Well, so, so that's what I remember. And I remember um, this land, this Hungarian landlady from where we live because the bus stop was out front salting the snow. Uh-huh. And, and, and then she would... Um, which I thought was just... To make the kids not eat it. I learned later on there's a whole reason. That would make me want to eat it. For salty I'm really of a, a salty guy. Because the Americans would run downstairs and we'd start eating the snow. And she liked me and my sisters. It's just go, go eat that snow. Yeah, they're not, not close to the... That's not... Don't, don't eat the snow they're eating. You that? actually needed the don't eat yellow snow. So like one of the most like dad joke things in the world is like, uh, you know, is don't eat yellow snow is like the classic yeah. advice to give. So I, I, but it never occurred to me that probably isn't as well traveled here. Me, I don't know. No, yeah. No. Don't eat yellow snow is like, you know, you want a tip. Don't eat yellow snow is always the thing or yeah. like, you know, that sort of thing. There was, did you ever see Triumph the Insult Comic Dog when he went to Quebec? No. It's so funny. He was in Montreal. Um, he was in Quebec City. Or was, I don't know. He was somewhere in that area of yeah. Canada. And they were... Um, they were uh, there had this trough of snow and everybody brings their own flavors. Yeah, and maple I, syrup and, and all, all, all that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. And um, I, he was going around with oh. yellow, yellow syrup. I don't know. Triumph is hilarious. Triumph is hilarious. And it was so funny. His takedown of the Phantom Menace crowd with the that very was first, the best one. That's the best one. That is that's you I, know I, I, and, I, I, I will still laugh at that. Yeah, I think being a nerd as you are and mm-hmm. I am. I think we probably even laugh harder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we get it. So, when did you get into like um, theater and acting? Was that in Edmonton? Uh, yes, that was in Edmonton. I, um, they have in Edmonton is the home to I think the third largest um, theater festival, festival in the world, the French yeah. Festival. That's it's, right. It's a big one. Yeah, it is. It's huge, and and uh, there's street performers there, mm-hmm. as well as just tons and tons of yeah. theaters, and every building gets turned into a theater, and mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, I remember going when was maybe fifteen. Uh, Actually, probably thirteen with a, a friend, and there was some improvisers uh, do, uh, do busking, uh-huh. you know, performing in a circle, and we had never seen improv before, and it just blew our brains clean out of our skulls. How old were you about? Uh, I think maybe thirteen, uh-huh. maybe ten, somewhere in there, and then uh, and so then that just stuck, and then we lived out on a. I grew up on like a ranch, like way out out of town, and we had a like a gray market satellite dish, the big old ones that we would. Get U.S. Sig- satellite signals. So I saw um, Whose Land Is It Anyway, the very first couple of seasons of that. And then that kind of changed everything. So then the, that same friend and I in uh, 11th grade, we went to, uh, we, we went and bought our own busking license without really knowing what the hell we were doing. And So you still hadn't like trained or anything? No, you no, just, God, This no. is something we're going to yeah. try to do. That's and right. See what just, happens. I, I think we get it. I think yeah. we get it. We're pretty it. chatty. That's fantastic. Yeah. And we did. We did very well. And and the uh, com- the theater improv company in town, Rapid Fire Theater, which is one of the world's best, they they uh, some of the guys saw us doing that and said, you, you should come do this with us. And so that's where I started. Yeah. And I never stopped. You never stopped. No. <laughs> um, I would like to take a time out and comment that I should have remembered that my neighbors do their lawn. <laughs> on is that Mondays. what is? So it's not my husband uh, chainsawing body parts uh, well, in that's, the backyard. This sounds a little bit like an obvious cover-up to me. Okay, well, 
It's going to be nice when we say <laughs> goodbye to you. I'm going to take you out back for a tour oh, of the backyard. Oh, no, it's okay. I just said I'll run uh, out the front. That's Brian, okay. Brian wants to see you. <laughs> well, so did you and your friend, did you guys know that you were, I mean, this is a weird question, knowing that you're funny. I mean, how, or were you just super confident? Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, they breed each other. I think we. I was funny because my family is all funny and uh-huh. all appreciate humor. And so we grew up. You know, our Christmas movie was Life of Brian. You know, that these were the sorts of yeah. things that we, yeah. um, you know, I was raised on like SCTV and old SNL. And then you said you were watching stuff. Whose Line, so you're and kind Who's of Line, studying so that. Yeah. And know. I mean, back then, you know, when uh, Comedy Central was brand new and it was just like people's comedy specials, yeah. you know. And so I just watched that constantly uh, and just... I I never wanted to do stand up, but I really understood the methodology of it. Yeah. And figuring out oh they end with a callback, uh, like yeah. figuring out what a callback was and right, those, those right. sorts of things. And, so you were uh, able to to you know whereas some people like like me at that age, I'm just enjoying the whole picture. Where you're able to basically in your mind do a diagram. I, I'm of that what way with everything though. Doing. Like That's I, fantastic. I I don't yeah. I I don't I like I suffer from a lack of uh, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't when I you know when I watch a movie I'm uh, I'm more dissecting it than I am and mm-hmm. like I, it's very rare to get lost in a thing. So when you do get lost in something, you know you. Yeah, then I'm like, well, that something. was an experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and video games are the same way. Mm-hmm. I look at them uh, more as a as a puzzle to mm-hmm. figure out how the mechanics of the game work. Yeah. I'm not often lost in the story. Of right. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, as a kid, I, that's what I was like with with the comedy. I didn't realize it, but that's what I was doing. So when you started doing theater and doing like um, bigger improv shows, what came first? Did you start um, taking classes? Did you ever take an improv class? No, I've never. So what about theater? Uh, I also did not train in theater. I was doing improv um, at the, uh, this uh, a theater called the Barscona Theater. So you were a raw talent. I am, yeah. Uh, unpolished talent. diamond. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, they do a show called um, Dynasty, the live improvised uh-huh. soap opera. Uh, and uh, it's been going for years and years, and na- big names will come into yeah. town to do it. Yeah. And uh, so we've, you know, had Mike Myers flew in when, right when he was at the peak of his uh, thing, and and you know Joe Flaherty and all kinds of yeah. different people come in and do it. And and so I was starting to do it. They do a, a thing every year called the Sopathon, which is fifty three hours straight, and mm-hmm. people come bring their fifty three. Su- yeah. Wow. And and the uh, you know not everybody, but many of the cast members will do the whole thing. And audience buys, you know, a weekend pass and comes and goes uh-huh. or like brings sleeping bags and stays in the theater the whole time. And like when you're improvising so, at 430 in the morning, you know, you're starting to hallucinate and like things go in very interesting ways. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And was there always at least one person there? Oh, there's. Watching? Oh, yeah. Always. So this yeah. was like a big thing. Where the town and everybody knew about people, it. People, so, yeah, oh yeah, it's like a, it was the, the big fundraiser, bag. yeah. So did people actually fall asleep at four thirty in the morning? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? People have fallen asleep on stage, like <laughs> oh, no. yeah, and they, like because they're they're it, it's always one continuous story right. that we're telling. It'll be set at a fancy resort, or it'll be set at a wedding, you know, mm-hmm. big wedding with something. And so they'll there's a set, and there sometimes are beds and or couches, and if. You lay down in a scene as part of the scene. Some people have drifted off just in the middle of the scene, and then you just kind of tuck <laughs> oh, them in yeah. and maybe don't do scenes on that part of the set That's for a couple of yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Or in the front row, people will just be out and oh wow. Um, but yeah, there's always there's always at least some people in there. But but uh, and then you do theme hours in the so I started doing that, and uh, that was more. 
closer to acting because then you're in character and you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Stuart Lemoyne, who is a, a playwright of great renown in Canada and elsewhere, he uh, he saw me doing that and said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing uh, a play?" Uh, and so I did that, and then from then on, I was... and then you got the theater bug. Yeah, that's you right. Because theater is awesome. That's right. I'm just going to say that. What if, I mean, I've seen you perform a lot of times and, and, you know, I've seen you improvise. You're an incredible improviser. One of my favorite things you did was uh, you and your wife did a play in your front yard. Yes, that's yes. right. Was it called The Golden Hour? Uh, that was, was called it? The Exquisite Hour. The which, Exquisite Hour, which yeah. is The Golden Hour. Yes, that's right. You know, it is the was, Stuart yeah. Lemoyne play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, I'm oh, I'm obsessed with that time of day. I even, I got um, a piece of prose published one time that oh. was completely written about, uh, you know, that, that, Time between day and night that yeah. everything just you know I it's a magical a ma- thing a magical thing and um what you guys did is you had some friends over you put some chairs in your front yard you and your wife rehearsed to play uh-huh. memorized it and then put it on yep. for us yeah and it had to be done at the exact right time during the day so that the sun was going hour and that was actually the golden hour that's right the play takes place it it was originally a the fringe play hour. the exquisite hour so it, it is an hour long uh-huh. and so uh it, because it, the idea of the play is a lady shows up at a kind of a lonely guy's house and offers to sell him an encyclopedia. And um, and he's like, I don't need an encyclopedia. And she's like, just give me one hour and I'll convince you. And he's like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Okay, yeah. fine. And so then that that you get like an actual straight hour. But then at the end is right when the sun is setting. And yeah, yeah it, 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 was... it was just, uh, it, it's a play that we had seen done in Edmonton and loved so, yeah. so much. And uh and just thought it would be fun to do. And so we did. Well, I think, I mean, that's one of my favorite things. I mean, I love seeing theater, but I love seeing um, uh, that kind of creativity. I mean, that's how I started. Me and Brian, my husband, started sure. Five Truths and Lie. We started in our living room. Right, yeah. People, the next time there's 20 people, next time 35 people wanted to come over. And you're like, you guys can't fit in our house. Yeah. Okay, let's go do this. I guess this we'll go to this art gallery. gallery or, yeah. You know? And yeah. one of the people, you know, it's so, you know, it's so wonderful. And, and you've experienced this many times with many of your, your projects. When you have a gem, people want to help, you know? Yeah. That gaming company I was telling you about just happened. There's a guy there that was, uh, did uh, the graphic designer. And where I was like, you want to come over this weekend? We bring, I haven't met your girlfriend. Come yeah. over. We're doing the storytelling thing. She comes over. She's the one that worked at the gallery. She uh. saw it and she said, my, I think she said, the gallery I work at only has um, senior citizens come in. They'd really love something Oh, like that's this. so great. And they'll let you use it for free. And that's where I first saw Five Truths and a Lie, yeah, actually. And, yeah. and, and you and Selena came. That's right. And, 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 and told a story. And, and, um, I love stuff that starts Ugh. that way. And There's it, a magic about it. There is, yeah. yeah. And, and it was, uh, I don't even know what, what the impetus was other than wanting to do that play together yeah. and then thinking, well, that's just as easy. And it's set in a backyard. And we, we have the yard. Yeah, we have a yard, which yeah. sadly that yard was then um, drought resistant. Oh, so Landscape. it's been changed. Oh, because everybody so it, was on the ground. Yeah, so the yeah. city was this, or the city was offering like a rebate. So yeah. our landlord just tore yeah. everything out, and it just like replaced it with rocks that you can't actually stand on. So you wouldn't be able to ankle. do it again. Yeah. So then, for a surprise for for Selena, when she, last uh, year she was in Lowell, Massachusetts, doing a play, and I uh, built a deck the, over the entire yard. <laughs> So we might be able to do it again. Oh, that'd be nice. It won't nice. be quite the same, but yeah. But like, do a play of some kind. Now. Yeah, you, you can make it work. That was so lovely. Did was that the first time you'd worked with your wife? Like in no, that we, intimate we, of a play. We met doing uh, theater together. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we had never done a two-person show, but the very first show we ever did was uh, uh, another Stuart Lemoyne um, play called The Hot House Prince, and it ends with I was playing the Hot House Prince. He's a Russian, um, like a, a Russian royal when 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 uh, if when Russia falls and uh-huh. he escapes and winds up in Saskatchewan on a farm. Uh, huh. Some play eventually is the third act of it, and uh, it ends with this like nine-page monologue delivered to a, a person who uh, can't understand him because she is, speaks Doesn't English. Speak. Yeah. So I'm speaking English, of course, but it's as though I'm speaking Russian. And it was Selena, and she doesn't say anything the whole time. She just sits and listens, um, which is not actually how our relationship works. But, but <laughs> <laughs> And I knew that that was <laughs> I, the woman That's the I woman wanted. for me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the, yeah, and so it was, uh, so that was where we, we started was uh-huh. the, this, you know, and uh, yeah, we did a lot of plays after we were in a cabaret uh, group. She had, uh-huh. did a cabaret uh, for a long time, and and uh, I was I had I saw her sing. I really fell for her. She's got a beautiful voice. She does. I'm just a big fan yeah. of hers. And so then I pretended that I was really into musicals too, so I could be in this cabaret. And I love it. Uh, yeah. What you do for love? Indeed. What'd, yeah. What'd you do for, what brought you guys to L.A.? Um, I uh, was doing that that uh, soap opera, the uh, improvised soap opera. Mm-hmm. At the Fringe, mm-hmm. and um, my friend uh, Ron Peterson had uh, was also a cast member of that soap opera. He flew down here because uh, Joe Flaherty was down, lived here, and was going to start doing some improv uh, soaps. So brought in our friend friend Ron to just do one, and it was at a bar someplace. And Mad TV saw Ron mm-hmm. and was like, "You should come audition. How long are you here for?" And he was like, "A couple days." So he came in, auditioned, and got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so then the head of, uh, Fox casting at the time, Marsha Shulman, she was like, okay, Nathan Fillion is from Edmonton. Ron Peterson is, who's now on Mad TV is from Edmonton. What is happening in Edmonton? So she yeah. flew to Edmonton to see the yeah. French and she's the only person who has ever <laughs> come yeah. to scout Edmonton. That one of the great things about it in Edmonton is no one's doing anything because they're going to get discovered. Yeah. You're just doing it because you love it and it's a fun thing to do. Uh-huh. And so um, she came and saw uh, a show. Um, I It was the worst improv show I've ever done. And uh, I didn't even know she was in the audience. But after the show, we were all licking our wounds at the beer tent. And someone mentioned that she had been there. And I was like, well, oh, all God. is lost. Uh-huh. But uh, um, she saw, saw something in me. And uh, our that entire cast of that show was brought down here to do the dynasty live here for all the executives as though it would uh-huh. be maybe a TV show. So we were all flown down. Well, everyone was flown down, but me, cause I was just a guest at the time. Mm-hmm. And when everyone got off the plane, uh, she was like, where's that the young guy. Uh... And, uh, and they were like, uh, he's still in Edmonton. And she's like, can he fly here immediately? Oh wow! So I was doing a show, uh, in a bar, uh, an improv show for, I was being paid in ribs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I've been there. Yeah. And, uh, and I got a call. I was really sad because everyone had all my best friends yeah, had gone yeah. off to be to be stars in Los Angeles. And then I got a call like, "Can you get on a plane in two hours?" And so I flew in. We did the show. She said, "You know, you should really come back here." And a couple of years later, I specifically did specifically to you. Yeah. that you should be in LA. Yeah. yeah. So I came down a couple of years later and somehow got in touch with her. Uh-huh. And then she gave me a TV show. That's so that's so- how I wound up here. So you started doing um, like television film doing roles right yeah and, yeah and, and continue to do improv which is eventually how we met that's right yeah through the improv world through the improv here. world yeah and um 
What'd you think? Was LA like, oh shit, this is some totally intense is. shit? Yeah, <laughs> man, it's so intense. I, 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 the first job I got when I was here, I was here for two months and then I got the lead in this show called Free Ride, yeah. which was an improv based sitcom. I auditioned for that. Oh, yeah. See, every, see? I, everyone yeah. I know did, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, and it was, uh, because it was improv, it was a way for me to kind of get in with right. a bunch of different improv groups here. Uh-huh. But I just didn't realize that. It's a very different style I was not accustomed to because mm. people here are doing it because yeah. you can get seen. That's the yeah. way to do it. Yeah. That's why you do it. And so uh, when I would do shows, it was always like, this is kind of ugly a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's why you need to find the right group. Right, exactly. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh you know, you, you there's nothing worse than worse than being on stage with people that are there for themselves. Oh, absolutely! And worried that is there any casting directors here? Yes, yeah. blah blah blah. Because instead it's... of looking at you and communicating with you on stage, right? Making yeah, them, you know, making the other person look yeah, good is yeah. what I was always yeah. brought up to to yeah. do. Uh, and so I, I did find that community mm-hmm. uh, through Matt Young mm-hmm. and Ryan Smith, um, and friends of the show, and yeah, um, that uh, at the it was the Comedy Sports LA, yeah, which um, Sort of like theater sports that I was doing. Uh, I never really do the did the comedy sports shows, but um, the group of people there are just do. They're all a lot of them are you know have been doing it through that yeah. that structure th- yeah. since they were in high school. So they're not a lot of them aren't actors or aren't aiming to be actors. Many are, mm-hmm. but most aren't. And so it was back to the just like let's just create and do. I mean, it, you're not. It's not as easy to get discovered doing anything there. Yeah, but that's not what I wanted. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you ever notice, like, with our friend group, with all the improvisers, they're either, they're only from three places. They're only from Florida, Wisconsin, or Canada. Uh, I know a lot of Texans, but not in improv. No, no that's no, very fair. About, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, are, the, the they are all Florida. The improvisers we know, yeah. like, from comedy sports and that's stuff right. like that. It's, it's like those three Yeah, it's true. Places. Yeah, because the people I know, the uh, in it, like, Atlanta, Dad's Garage Theater is the problem. Oh, yeah. They're, I'm the closest... Like, uh, Dad's garage is, is is great. They're amazing, yeah. but but uh, none of them have move out here. Yeah, so I don't, they, yeah. and they don't need to now with, yeah, with exactly. Atlanta doing yeah. so well. Doing exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's your favorite? Um, I, I want to get into video games, right? And, okay, and great. Stuff. I did want to ask you this about improv. What what is your favorite form of improv? What what do you what do you enjoy when you're on stage? What do you enjoy the most? Um, the the, uh, the I made a big discovery in the last two years, and it was doing an, a show called Quarters in June um, with uh, my friend Sarah Parga, which is sort of a Nichols and May style improv. Hence Quarters in June. Yeah, I love hence it. Quarters in June. Um, and uh, it it is uh, it's essentially like like a fifties cocktail party yeah. sort of a um, swing in time, and we drink. We actually drink. Um, but we s- sit down and say to the audience, we can see you and talk to them. And uh, there's something that is so present about it. It's got, you know, there's a lot of winking to the audience during scenes. And at any time, the structure of the whole thing can just crumble. Is it all improvised, even the scenes? or do you Yeah, guys everything's, have a, improvised, everything's improvised. Yeah. improvised. And so uh, we have on two occasions done a written thing, but we announced it very clearly that this was written. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but yeah, something about it... Um, is because it there are no rules and we'll kind of call out anything. Uh, we'll talk to the person running the lights during the scene if it's going weird or mm-hmm. something isn't working. We'll talk to the audience about it, and um, so I don't know if that that is one of the th- that's one of the things that I yeah. love the most. It just I I am so lost in it the second it starts 
Uh, it's also the most nervous I ever am before yeah. because there's no way to really prepare those for are it. two of the, the the best things about being on stage I think that you can yeah. talk to any actor you know of course if you're not nervous you know it's not going to be good right yeah doing, exactly but but the feeling you know as as you know about me you know I have OCD and I have a, sure like that's why I can never be an improviser I have a lot of improvised friends and I'm funny yeah like I'm great at sketch sure you know? yeah and I can improvise in a sketch show, but if you, if I was to do comedy sports, you guys would hate me so much because <laughs> I need to know. I, I, my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah. But um, but what I do love about theater, you know, for for my personality, is those times where I am able to just like be free. Because once I'm on stage, for some reason, something clicks and I'm free. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a such an odd thing feeling to get swept away in it. You know, and I don't know how you are. My my method is I always have at least my pinky toe grounded in reality. Right, right. So that I'm aware of everything around me and stuff like that. But letting yourself go like that is one of the most it's one of the most best things I've ever. It is. It's so freeing in, in, in my life. And I I don't know I miss that it. I in miss previous it. shows I had ever uh, had that full experience. We've done. You know, I've done a lot of long form improv. Improv. It's my preference to do long form, which is to say more long, long stories and mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a character work um, rather than the short form, which used to be the thing, the main thing that mm-hmm. I did. Um, but uh, I'm always very aware of the audience and if yeah. I'm open to all of the audience. And am mm-hmm. I speaking loud enough? And mm-hmm. what are they thinking? And why didn't they react yeah. to that last thing? Uh, is all happening in my mind at the same time. But maybe it's the alcohol. But in quarters of June, I don't, I don't really worry about it. You know, is that coming back? Uh, yes, we're we're actually going to Atlanta to to do it mm-hmm. um, in uh, April, uh-huh. uh, and so it'll be Sarah and I and uh, John Dinerstein, who is our musician, and uh-huh. uh, and my wife Selena, who plays our upstairs neighbor, uh-huh. um, Button Willow McKittrick, and uh, um, so we'll we'll be doing that, and then we are going to bring it back in uh, Los Angeles. But I just don't know no when. when yet it'll cool. be it'll be within the next three months i'm sure cool and okay. then i'll make you tell people about and, it and i will great i will great because this podcast is going to get you the 15 just 15 okay fi- well hey 15 that's great minutes. i'll take it <laughs> i'll take all all 15 of them okay so um you're here you're acting uh you 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 your nerd origin story is video games mm-hmm. and then lo and behold here you are um, the headline is is now you're a, a, a voice director for video games. You That's just, right. You, you were a voice director on Mass Effect uh, Andromeda, um, but you started as a voice actor. That's on, right. On yeah. Video games, and, and I, from what I've heard, and I don't know if this was your experience that that you know voiceovers, at least in commercial, is a very hard industry to break into yeah, in Los Angeles because sure. it's very small. Yeah. Was that the same thing with with gaming? I didn't break into uh, voice acting. So in, what happened? In, in, uh, Los Angeles, I did it in Edmonton. So BioWare oh, is based in Edmonton. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, before we go, um, I'm going to be asking Josh questions, and I know nothing about gaming. He's going to explain some terms to me. I'm going to do my great. best to. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so they they are they still in Yes, Edmonton? they are. They, I okay. mean, they now have also off, like a bunch you know, of other... in yeah. Montreal and in uh, Austin. They're all over the mm-hmm. place now. Um, but their head office is still Edmonton. So I would do like improv at their Christmas party. Uh-huh. Back when they were, you know, a smaller. Yeah. Still, they they were very rapidly a big company. Uh-huh. But it, as far as gaming companies go, they're not, they're not like, they're now owned by a huge one. Yes. But they're not like a massive. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, so I uh, I would do that, and then they they back then they were just like, well, we need someone to do a voice for the player character and 
this Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So can oh, we I come do it? I had a question it? about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so don't... I went and did yeah. that. Then it turned out that was for the E3 uh, trailer of the game. Mm. But it then it wound up actually not even having a player character voice. You, oh, you're mute in the game. Okay. But uh, I was in the... Anyone who saw that E3 trailer would have seen me talking. Was um, it cool? Like, um, you are a Star Wars fan. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um, being asked to do that, did you get little butterflies? Oh, man, big time. Yeah. I mean, any, getting to go to a place where they make video games is insanely exciting to me. Uh-huh. Getting to see concept art up on the walls is crazy. But I didn't know what kind of game it was going to turn out to be because right. it was a, a departure for them. They had made Baldur's Gate before that uh-huh. and uh, and MDK, I think it was. Um, and so uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was very exciting, you know, yeah. a, a Star Wars game. But you also kind of go, eh, there hasn't really been a good Star Wars video game, yeah. really. So I don't know how that's going to be, if uh-huh. it's going to be a canon big great thing or if it's yeah. going to be some weird thing. Um, and then that game turned out being still one know, of my yeah, very favorite of my games of all time. Really, really, really love it. So, yeah. so that's and, and then so most of the games that you have done or all, correct me, uh, have they all been Bioware? They have, yeah. Well, I mean, I I've done some for Atari, um, but that's a different project that I uh-huh. I uh, is kind of a very random thing. I they they re released eight their original eight games uh-huh. as to, in a browser base. And they updated them all. And so Selena and I, they I don't still don't know how this happened. We got hired to score them, create all the sound for them, and then also we did you know, When you say score them, uh does Selena write music as well? Uh, we or both did, or we, you. We both well? do. We neither of us actually See, write that's music. another talent. we just figure it You're out. Just good. Yeah. <laughs> See that's another talent I didn't know you had. I know I knew that Selena I've seen, seen she is a, I've seen her singing bands yeah, and, yeah, and right. stuff like that, but that's I didn't right. know that uh you had that talent too. I, uh, I'm starting to really hate you. Yeah, no, I. We, I'm starting to see we that are your just, talent. We're just really good at faking it until we figure it out. Well, I haven't even got to the part in my questions. I don't know if I will uh, about you guys cooking. Yes, you yeah, guys are we such have good a catering cooks. company. Yeah, yeah, you guys. <laughs> they make the best frosting for cupcakes. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know if you realize. Anytime I've had anything that you guys have made i always remember it i always talked about did you have this you guys man we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> i gotta find some dirt yeah no <laughs> doubt oh, there's plenty so um so dra- when you did dragon age was that still in edmonton or no that was here? here so uh then i moved i moved here and they uh i had started working on a game called jade empire for them and as a voice actor and then uh and i finished working on it when i was here mm-hmm. Uh, and then they needed me. They needed some motion captures, and they were. Oh, just, so you did some motion capture yeah. too. So they were nice. just trying to give. They're basically just a friend of mine at the yeah. company was trying to throw me a bone. Yeah. And so I, I got to do motion capture, and so uh, one thing for Mass Effect fans, um, I did the motion capture of the dancing. It's a very famous thing in Mass Effect. You go into this kind of club, and uh-huh. it's basically a bunch of you know aliens dancing on the dance floor. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's the worst dancing ever. And, is it uh, supposed to be bad, or did became, you think it was good? I didn't. I didn't think it was. I knew it was going to be bad. Okay, but I was. <laughs> I, 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 there was nothing I could do about it, and it became like it's become a meme, and it's become a whole thing. Oh, how um, uh, And so, so yeah, so uh, so then I did that motion capture, um, and uh, and then uh, I would I would write them every once in a while when I was desperate. Well, and also not when I was desperate, but generally those emails go out when you're like. 
who else do I know that could potentially pay me to do anything in the yes. world? Yes. And so I, I would write and say, you know, I know you've got these couple games coming up. I'm available if you need any voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then I got a call back saying, actually, we need somebody who would be could be kind of our Los Angeles director because we can't flying back and forth is a pain. And um, and so and and I had worked with them a fair bit, and so right. uh, they said, "Would you be interested? I will. We'll come down and kind of orient you with it, and then if it works, then you can keep working on it." And that was that was Dragon Age Inquisition, right? And so I, I did. I went into the studio um, with uh, with my boss and uh, and one of the voice actors went into the booth, and they would do their line. They say the line twice, and then you would say A or B as to which. Which, which one take you, like? you prefer, or oh. you would give adjustment. Uh-huh. And so I would say, I think the second one was a better one. And she'd go, yep, that's the same. So then that one would be the one in the game. And then we'd do another, and I'd say, I think A was a better one. And she'd say, yeah, A, okay, you take over. How often did you, um, <laughs> uh, like, uh, how how much do you, you know, um, there's a lot of NDAs in, in video games. Yeah, for, yeah. For, you know, I know, I get it. Um, so when you're giving voice direction, are you only able to focus on that line? No, uh, or do you the, under your NDA? Do you at least know what's happening? Yeah, under uh, once you, uh, I, I would have signed the NDA. The engineer would have signed the NDA. The actor would have signed. We're all under the same NDA, so we can all so talk you can freely talk about, about it. it. Yeah, okay, because it would be impossible otherwise. Yeah, yeah. You, the main thing you need to give is context in in game. Yeah, because they're standing in a room for four hours saying for Bioware games. I mean, we we're they're you know they have seventy five thousand lines. Yeah, that, you know, and so you're it's a you're trying to get as much quality as you can and as much quantity as you can simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to kind of instantly go, uh, okay, I think what's because also you don't know because every you're getting new scripts constantly, right? And right. so you're going, okay, based on what the situation synopsis at the start of every script is like a little breakdown of what this yeah. one script is about, and uh, so you're like, okay, uh, you read it real quick and the actor reads it, and then you're like, okay, so. This is about here in the game. At this point, this character is this, and this is this, mm-hmm. and you're feeling this way about that person. And so you're trying to build that context in. Right, right. Sometimes they're referring to things that you haven't gotten to yet in a previous uh-huh. script. So you're just going, uh, based on my video game experience, experience. I'm guessing yeah. this is probably what they're trying to get us to do. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. Do you... Um... So with seven five thousand lines, how many voice directors are there for? Uh, so there's a game? Uh, that have worked on. This, I'm guessing there's probably eight different times that have worked on this game. Uh-huh. They record uh, simultaneously in the UK uh, and and here, um, and then also in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in Montreal, um, and so uh, and then each- so you're only voice directing for uh, LA sessions. Yes, okay. and I'm only and in that case, and I'm also primarily only directing the the player characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm only directing who you are controlling on Dragon Age. Yeah, on Dragon Age, you could choose either a British man or a woman or an American man or a woman uh-huh. to be your voice. Right, and so I directed the American man and woman. Okay, and the British man and woman were done in the UK, and oh, in this case, yeah. You can either choose to. It's a the story is about these uh, brother, a brother and sister, uh-huh. and you can choose to either play the brother or the sister. Uh-huh. And so I directed them. Okay, what what is what was the note that you most gave, like in trying to? It, it depends on to which actor. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, so so there wasn't like an overall thing that you found with like say the the brother character. Uh, or no, I mean it would it would definitely depend. Um, I would often have to, uh, and she has said this is uh, Frida Wolf plays um, Sarah Ryder, and uh, she has actually even tweeted about it. So I'm not I'm not telling tales out of school, but it was generally be nicer <laughs> is the note I would have to say. <laughs> Just be nicer. Can you just be nicer? Be nicer, because she's badass and she has a badass voice, uh-huh. and and uh, and so she's she's just got a lot of attitude in her right. in her in her voice, which we want. But in you know your you the origin of her is she's not in in the original Mass Effects. Mm-hmm. You are a, a military commander, a seasoned uh-huh. veteran, yeah. so you are badass. So yeah. when you're playing as uh, the male shepherd or the female mm-hmm. shepherd. Um, voiced by Mark Muir and Jennifer Hale, they already sound badass. You already yeah. sound like Batman, you know. Yeah. Whereas in this, you're she's just a scientist yeah. initially, yeah. and she has to. She's getting you know things are being foisted on her, and so you know starting by just be nicer. Could you uh, just be nicer? And then all right, now you can be badass. Right, right. <laughs> Was um, well, you learned a lot on the spot then. I mean, because basically they they really trusted you as an actor, and they're like, okay, so it wasn't like this big. Thing you had to go through ten interviews. No, yeah. no, no. They They're were like, just like, we need this done immediately. And you're kind of already in family. We trust Josh Dean. Yeah. We know, and he knows how we work. Right. So. And I had done actually the person who hired me for Dragon Age. I had done theater with a million yeah. years ago, and so we. I think she she just knew that I was a a, a smart yeah. person, an organized thinker, someone who was fairly clear, and uh-huh. and those are the things you need to be. Yeah. To, to, you need to have an opinion and you need to be able was to express it, it. Was it hard to keep your mouth shut about this? Because, well, let's do two things. Because right, as, as we know, um, I'm not a gamer. So tell me, uh, what is N7 Day? Okay, great. Uh, so N7 Day is is essentially, it's like uh, the Christmas for Mass Effect. Um, so uh, N7 is, uh, it, I'm going to just make, so I don't get it wrong. I want to verify that I, yeah. So basically it's like... Um, the special forces in Mass Effect, uh-huh. and in the first series, you get to you get to become an, a member of the N Seven. So it's basically N is the special forces branch, and Seven is like the highest level yeah. of clearance, right? So um, you uh, so N Seven because of that be- has become a like the the time of year November seventh when. Mass Effect fans can really yeah. nerd out. That's because you their... always see Happy N7 Day. Right, yeah. You know? It's like May the 4th yeah. for Star Wars. Exactly. You know? Well, I understand that. Yes, exactly. So you it's know? the exact same thing. So on ends, because I, I just, you were sitting on this for a long time. Like I said, we never talk, when we're, we see each other, we never talk about what we're, we're doing right, right. professionally. Um, but all of a sudden you see this tweet. I'm It's N7 days. Finally, I can let you know. Yeah. I just directed. So you, you couldn't release that information no. until that no so that exactly was, that was wild yeah i mean it's it, it's uh because just because it is a really big franchise yeah and, um dragon age is also a big franchise but um and and like you know i had to be quiet about that one but it doesn't mm. have quite the reach that mass effect that does mass effect does, and yeah. not quite the following as well mm. and so so it was um so when i got to you know, it's just an exciting, an exciting day to get yeah. to say, yeah. I'm, I'm involved in this enormous thing. And you get to announce it on basically Christmas. On Christmas, which exactly. Is, hey, I run, I'm one of the bosses of the workshop, yeah. the elf workshop. You know? I remember telling my husband, Brian, 
I was like, this is so exciting. I don't know what N7 is, but I know <laughs> this is really great. <laughs> yeah, this is a big thing. Now, yeah. uh, a girl named Renee Lopez who who, who writes um, uh, on video games on my site. Yeah. I brought on um, this woman. Uh, she's a friend of mine named Stephanie Cookies, and she's a huge gamer. And um, she's actually building a really solid gaming space on my site oh awesome. because if you left that to me it's yeah, gonna yeah. be about right. like i said barnstorming yeah. and and, Defender, and pong and, and pong yeah with a little bit of centipede in there too yeah if you're lucky <laughs> if you're lucky and so they've been working and i let them you know stephanie's the editor of that section and she's you know doing what she wants with it she's a big blizzard fan yeah big, you know and so i asked the the video games folks uh do you have any mass effect questions and, and renee uh, wrote me back right away. A couple of them we already um, covered about your transition to voice sure. acting to to directing. Which um, she wants to know who are who are your favorite squad mates? Any Mass Effect? Uh, so uh, for me in Mass Effect, I always like uh, having someone on a team that is that is not humanoid or not traditionally humanoid. So I I love having uh, the Krogans are like the they're like the giant hulking war uh-huh. beast people. Uh, I, I, so, uh, Rex in the, in the first ones is definitely someone I would always have with me also. Cause I generally don't play like, uh, when I play games, I generally am not like a fighter. I'm generally thiefy or like a thief or an archer yeah. and that sort of thing. So you need somebody to be a tank for you. And, um, Iron Bull in the Dragon Age games would be another one. Yeah. You, you know, you got to have those guys with you. Okay. I, I believe you. Sure. Yeah. You don't I, know. I, I believe you. I could be making all of this up. You wouldn't know. <laughs> you, you, could, you can't check you my work. You could make up words and say that, that's the alien made of squid legs. That'd yeah, be like, yeah, right. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Renee also asks, how does the player, and this is completely foreign to me, how does uh, the player journey differ in Mass Effect Andromeda from the original Mass Effect trilogy, personally, emotionally, et cetera, Fem Shep or Male Shep? This is always important to know. So the fem so to translate for you, oh, the femship male ship question is is sep- that's a separate question. It was yeah. Uh, so, uh, so so let's the, go. The first question. All right. Is, first question. How is, does the player journey differ between Andromeda and the original? Mass well, I th- I think I sort of covered that. I you know I can only say so much regarding the journey, but mm-hmm. I I can say that the one of the major differences is, uh, you know you. Uh, Rather than in the original Mass Effect, when you're starting as a, as a seasoned military, so it's more person, military. And, in in yeah. this, you aren't, and yeah. you're having to deal with you're you're put in a situation that is uh, definitely beyond what you're prepared to, to deal You've with. Got no training for yeah. this, and so uh, so I'd say it's a there's a lot more uh, personal growth mm-hmm. through this story. Oh, that's a good. That's yeah. a good way to put it. So, what was the sec? What was the femship or male? Femship male chef. That's in reference in the first. Uh, Mass you said Effect female series. shepherd, male female shepherd. shepherd, male shepherd. Yeah. yeah. So you play. That's the player character that you are is Commander Shepherd. Uh-huh. And uh, so not a shepherd that herds sheep. No, no, like, that's I correct. Thought, like something happened terrible on a farm. Right. Yeah. So the farmers it, were fighting their way out. Yeah. So, so that's not what I'm, happened. It's not everything okay. is, is barnstorming based. Damn so it. I know you want to put it. it on a farm. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so yeah. So. Uh, basically, that's one of the questions. Do you generally do you play as male shepherd or female shepherd? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I've always played as male shepherd because one of my best um, improv friends forever, mm-hmm. Mark Meir, is the voice of uh, of the male shepherd. And that's too weird. And so, no, that's exciting to me. I think yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't. I have never met Jennifer Hale, and so I just had at the, initially when I was building because you build your character in the yeah. very beginning of the first game, and then that's who you're gonna that's be. That's who you're gonna be. So. 
So that's how I wound up with, with, uh, I was like, I want to hear what Mark does. You know, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do you hope there's, this is still from Renee. Do you hope there's a Mass Effect movie? I mean, sure. I, I think that that would be great. One of the, I think one of the hallmarks of all Bioware games is that they are all emotionally, it's all very emotional. Mm -hmm. It's about getting to know the people and you spend a lot of time. There's a lot of time that you can just expand information. You can just go and talk to your crewmates and build relationships with them. And so you get very, uh, I think players get far more attached because it's a a more emotional thing Mm -hmm. than, oh, I just, you know, I need this guy to go fight. And I, this person has a, a sniper rifle, so I want them with me. It's like, I don't want to take them to this planet because I know that their race doesn't agree with that that policy on this planet, uh-huh. you know? Uh, so, um, so yeah, I think that it would lend itself better than something like doom or a right. lot of other game movies. Right. right. It lends itself. Cause it, there, there's this, there's solid, there's really good world. There's building. an, there's an emotion to yeah. There's like, there's all the sci-fi world building yeah. stuff and original and unique ideas. Um, but, uh, but there, it's all, it's all very emotional. Yeah. It's very which makes for good storytelling. It does. That's the part that, that that's actually going to make it interesting. Oh my god, I got through the video game part. Oh, thank god. I oh, you're just covered fans. in sweat. I, I, I am. <laughs> oh my god, I have my inhaler with oh, me. Oh, good, good. I'm, we'll get uh, you. We'll get scared. it to you. All right, now we're going to talk about something I know a little bit okay, about. Great, Let's great. talk about Con Man. All okay? right, Con so, Man. So you um for the second season of Con Man, you're one of the head writers. That's right. On the show, which is exciting. So Con Man's about a struggling actor with one iconic sci-fi role under his belt. To try, and he tries to understand his fans. The show is the creation of uh, Alan Tudyk, and he stars in it as the struggling Ray Nearly and Nathan Fillion also stars in the show. And there's uh, just also cameo after cameo. Uh-huh. So watching this season was so funny because, you know, I do, every once in a while I'll see someone walk. I was like, oh, the, Marin Dungey. I didn't know. Why are you in this Marin Dungey? <laughs> right, yeah. You know? And she is amazing. Well, you know, I'm interviewing her this week for, oh, great. for, for this show. But um, she did our Five True show at Dragon Con a couple years oh, ago. Oh, awesome, awesome. And Brian has worked for, for her uh, right. in, in television. And I just... I just, I was like, oh, alias. Okay. Is that, and I was trying to figure, connect the dots of how, because usually the people in Con Man, the cameos, you can kind of connect the dots yeah. of where they are in the Right. Yeah. Oh, I know how like you that. know that. Yeah. 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 And so, but every once in a while, I was like, really? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I have to say, I told you that before, I told you this right before we walked in here, that uh, we've been doing a lot of movie reviews and television reviews yeah. on Geek Girl Authority. And I said, I always said, one day it's going to say, a quote's going to be, associated with this show is great geek girl authority right yeah yeah and so i was um doing some research on comment to see if there's anything i wanted to ask josh i hadn't written down so i went to the website and we were there yeah yeah that's right it was like our first we made it you've been quoted we made it now it's uh kimberly pierce um one of my contributors who's a huge fan of the show that's so great to hear yeah yeah and i didn't tell her until she wrote all the reviews that i knew you ah good yeah 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 she's gone well yeah yeah i didn't want to end it and then um she, uh, uh, this one written by Josh Dean. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's, that's Josh Dean. <laughs> that's so weird. So um, how did you get involved with the sex, uh, the sex season? The um, season well, the sex season, that's, uh, that's not come out yet. That's There's an NDA on the dark on web. Yeah. It's on the dark web, the deep dark web. <laughs> the deep, deep dark web. <laughs> the second season, um, how did you get on board uh, for that season to be a writer? Uh, well, um, I have known Alan for a long time. Um, uh, Nathan Fillion is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was friends with my sister in high school, and when I moved to Los Angeles, he was the only person I knew. Uh, and uh, and so I have 
uh, he's been like my big brother since I've been down here. And mm-hmm. um, Alan and he are obviously very tight. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of the last 10 years, um, I also have grown closer with Alan and just at various functions uh, have made him laugh, I guess. And so <laughs> so when he was uh, when they were first going to do the the first uh, um, uh, uh, was it Indiegogo? That yeah, it was, that crowd, it was, it was crowdfunded. Yeah, Kickstarter. I forget which one they did. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Indiegogo. And they um, made a shit ton of money. They made over three million dollars, yeah. I believe. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. So they, he was like, "Do you want to come and do be in this scene with me?" So we did the, we shot a scene that was like the teaser thing of Ray in an airport bathroom, and mm-hmm. someone, it's a, from a true story. Someone in the stall next to him kicks over, like, yeah. is like, "Can you sign yeah. this for me?" Um, and so I was the guy in the next stall, and then throughout that season. Okay, like occasionally I would, we would, he would send me a script and I'd read it. I didn't really have much to do with it, but, um, mm. and then, uh, yeah. And so then when, uh, when the second season came along, they were, uh, purchased by Lionsgate, um, or Lionsgate, they have a deal with Lionsgate now. And so they had, uh, they were putting together a writer's room mm-hmm. and, um, uh, for all of the, the videos on Indiegogo and various other things, uh, Alan had asked me to write, you know, people, you know, writing in questions mm-hmm. and answers and fun little bits. And so then he was like, would you work on this? So uh, uh, I said, yeah, because that's a job. Uh-huh. And jobs yes. are great. And jobs. <laughs> and getting to work rich. with Alan is always a yeah, treat. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's how it happened. It was essentially just like making jokes at a party until eventually so it, it get, grew into this. Okay, we're going to we're, we're going to hire you for yeah, something. Right. That, that that's that's amazing. I, this is like another thing just to prove that I'm not exaggerating. Uh I went to I was invited to uh Comic-Con HQ's uh, slate reveal. Right. Sure. You know, and yeah. so they showed they, they had Mark Hamill's Mark Hamill was yeah. there. <laughs> that was stunning just sitting there, you know, looking and I got to say he is having him as a nerd talk to a bunch of nerds oh, in yeah. the audience was one of the most like wonderful things <laughs> I've ever been a part of because um, he was just go on with your bad self, let yeah, your, let yeah. your freak flag fly. Yeah, you know? exactly. It was very inspirational. I loved it. Anyway, they um, Con Man was on it too, and so it was really the first episode was really great. We're laughing, and so we're sitting through the credits before the panel, and once again. <laughs> Right, and your name comes up, and my husband and I go, Justine, really loud. <laughs> you know, everyone's there for like Nathan Fillion and all those other guys. Right. We're like, Justine, I didn't even know you were working on it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I do so many random jobs. Yeah, and uh, I never, I never. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a good self promoter. It's probably why well, I don't do more jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, living in Los Angeles, sometimes there's nothing worse. It's like what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being on stage where somebody is not there with you on right, stage, yeah. they're trying to figure out the casting director. It's the worst thing when you're socializing with somebody when yeah. that, that's all they're talking about. They're just about, like somehow you know? they can figure out how to turn the conversation to another, another thing that they're working on. Exactly. It's like, yeah. oh, come on. Um, so. I did notice um, that the first season is very different from the second season. Yes. You know, the first season is more about the cons and stuff like that. Second season is going more, more into Nearly's uh, career, which is right. very, very funny. Was that decision already made by the time you got on board? Um, it was It, it was essentially. Uh, kind of the thrust of the of the second season was already... Uh, Alan had kind of different tent poles that he... Uh, different you know, different big changes. He had a bigger, bigger, the bigger arc in mind already. Mm-hmm. He, the idea of this show, trying to get on this show and trying to, in, in, it wound up being Dr. Cop Lawyer. Um, you know, the, the perfect 
procedural yes. television show. Yes. Um, uh, that, you know, that was already sort of an idea and, and, uh, yeah, you know, the, the sellout, uh, you know, having to do an Astros serial commercial, a lot of those bits were already things he had in mind. Um, and, uh, in order to kind of, uh, facilitate the, the larger arc of Dr. Cop Lawyer, we, it, we needed to occasionally just be away from cons. Mm-hmm. He, that was something that throughout the process, he was like, oh, but I have all these con things that I really, you know, that's yeah. the whole point of it. And so, you know, we have, there are three cons through the course of, we, right, we right. you know, the entire last four episodes and the, another uh, two episodes in the middle all take place at cons. Um, but yeah, I I can tell you that uh, in, in there's no, we're not really sure if there will be another season uh-huh. yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Alan is still determining his availability because right. now he's on, uh, well, one thing he's in the Star Wars universe, and then also, <laughs> and then also he's on on uh, the the new um, NBC show. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he would definitely wants to get back to more cons. Yeah. But it was yeah. just it would that was just something where the overall arc kind of forced us out right. of con- conventions. Well, I think it was like a risk to take. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, doing the same episode each time at a con, right? You know, because I can only imagine. Um, Probably, and I'm not, probably a thousand things in Alan's head or in Nathan Fillion's head of things that have happened to them at cons that would be so fun oh, absolutely. to see. But you do want to see the character also grow in yeah, some other way, to... get to know them. And I, I, I thought it was a risk, but I thought it paid off. I, I, I'm very know? happy with how yeah. it turned out, for sure. And I I, I think that it can also, um, I think that it also allows for, for the cons to mean more when he's at them yeah you know it's even just the very basic fact of shooting a convention is expensive you have to have a hundred extras and you got a big space and all that stuff so you know we're also restricted somewhat in that in that regard because you don't want it to seem like that's true you don't don't want want an empty con yeah Yeah, exactly unless that's the point unless (laughs) that is what i'm sure they've been to those sure yeah exactly yeah i bet yeah and um i thought it was interesting because um I go to a lot of cons to do panels, and when I fly out, I swear to God, nine times out of ten, Lou Ferrigno's on my flight. Absolutely. To the con. He is just a con <laughs> regular. Yeah. And he seems like a really nice guy. I always see his table he is set up. He's a sweet and guy. And you got to write an episode with Lou Ferrigno in it. Was that, That's right. Was that like, oh my God, I'm writing for the Hulk? It was. I mean, because you know, say, say you're friends with Nathan Fillion sure. and you're friends with Alan Tudyk, where some fans, that may make them pass out oh yeah. my god you know these guys right so but you don't have that fan attachment to them because they're your friends right. so with lou ferrigno was it different like oh my god this yeah. is an icon absolutely i yeah. mean it, yeah it, uh i was there when when alan call was like having the call with lou to we had already like planned the whole episode and the concept of it which is also essentially based on a true story like uh-huh. they just they they would always see each other at cons mm-hmm. and be like we should do something. Yeah, yeah, we should do something. And that was it. That was the extent of their experience, of their yeah, yeah. relationship. And But based on that notion, Alan had the idea of like, of them doing Of Mice and Men together. Uh-huh. And and uh, and so so I, I got to actually be there when he was like called, they had the call where he was like, do you want to do this thing I'm doing? Uh-huh. And you know, Was it, he game right away or did he oh, yeah, talk yeah. into it? I, th- yeah. I think he had, it had to be, he, I think he was concerned um, 
about the singing stuff. Right. But right. you know, I would be. We too. had to yeah. plan on yeah. on all that, so it was yeah. not a big thing. And then and that uh, yeah, and so and he you know he was so game. He just did such that's a great awesome. job. You know. And is that? Pr- I guess that's. I would imagine that's pretty much uh, the reaction you got from a lot of people. Hey, do you want to come do this? Just yeah. do a cameo. It's fun. Well, yeah. It's different it's, from what you're doing. Right. Yeah. You and know? it'll be funny and yeah. it'll be, you know, and every, I, I, I think so. Like the, the only issue we ever ran into was scheduling conflicts. Yeah. That was the only time when it was like, oh, it, I guess we can't, that person was going to be here and now they can't. So right. who else could it be? Or so um, you'd have to do some juggling, yeah. some fast thinking. But in so many cases, it was just like. It'll listen, be, I have an audience of like at least 25 people that Ooh, listen to this podcast every week. Yeah, yeah. So if you need someone, right. just, I got those 25. No, that, I got that, Yeah, okay, great. I have more. 26? Because I'm going to certainly be listening to this episode <laughs> can, at least. Can you get Selena to I, listen? Well, we might, we'll be okay. listening to the same, to the at same stream. At least the intro, because then at least we'll register with iTunes. Okay, great. Okay, okay, Deal. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. She can even put on mute. <laughs> kind of like with Inauguration Day. Sure, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people did. They yeah, just yeah. Just turn it on mute. Different channel. Yeah. Put it on mute. Exactly. I kid. I kid. Um, <laughs> so what's the, did you notice... Um, a big difference because you have done guest stars on on lots of network shows mm-hmm. and, and such, and and you even had your own show for a while. Um, in uh, working for a streaming show, like working for Comic Con HQ, who I were, were a, you working for? Comic Con HQ or uh, or Lionsgate? Uh, well, I guess both. Yeah, both. Comic Con yeah. HQ is just an arm of Lionsgate, yeah. so we're working for Lionsgate. But um, uh, I I mean. There's a difference in in budget, obviously, mm-hmm. but I was um uh I had expect I've done you know other I've done stuff for like Funny or Die you know yeah Funny or Die produced stuff and other things um I had I had no idea how huge a production it was going to be like when I actually got to set um uh it was it was just so huge it was it didn't seem any yeah. different. So you do, you were kind of expecting a lot of rubber te- rubber bands and duct tape. Yeah, absolutely. And, you came in and, and, you're and like, like wow. and like four people doing six hundred people's jobs. Yeah, you know. But it was that was not the case. It was yeah. just a full crew, full well, everything. Well, it really showed the production value. Really, certainly. Yeah, shows. yeah. They yeah. they uh, you know, and that's thanks to PJ uh, Harzma, who's the one of the producers, and he just like you mm-hmm. know he he's amazing for just being like, what do you need, Alan? All right, and just going to figure out how mm-hmm. to get it. You know. Yeah. And uh, and well, so that's a producers that is a good producer that thing. is yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it so it just wound up being this uh, it not I was expecting it to be a lot smaller of a of a thing ultimately and it sure as heck wasn't it was did enormous. you create your character Rico Jabba or did someone else create that uh, uh I mean we we created him in the writers room yeah it was you know just like the kind a kind of did you know that you were gonna play him right away no I no. didn't know that yeah. actually yeah. Uh, it, you know, as you're when you're in the room and you're uh, there was only uh, Alan and myself and two uh, the two other writers Sean uh, Burry and, and uh, Nicholas Daly Clark and uh, so it was just the and, and and Matt Young also came in for a short time. Oh, cool! Do punch up, but uh, so Matt the, Young is is what connected Josh. That's right. Together. Way back yes. in, the, in the olden days. He gets a lot of medals for he connecting sh- he people. Sh- he, it's thanks to him that I know anyone in this entire <laughs> yeah. city. Um, and so so when you're in the room writing and you, you have a script done or a scene done, then you, you put it up on the screen and we all go through and read it. And so we hand out the parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never really 
don't remember ever really playing Rico yeah. in those parts. I really wanted to play Diego, the director of the commercial, because I like to do like an Antonio Banderas voice. <laughs> it's just very fun for me. And so I, uh, so I was bummed not to, I mean, I wouldn't have been cast in that role anyway. Yeah. Uh, so no, it was not planned that I would be it. it. The idea was just, you know, one of the, you know, like someone from IGN or any of the, mm-hmm. like a cross between E! Entertainment Tonight, Red Carpet Reporter and... And a tech guy. Well, have you ever been to Dragon Con? I have, yeah. Okay, I go every year. I love. It's a great. Yeah, it, it's it, a, It's the best one. I can't. It is the best one. Yeah. People don't understand it. It's and it's just, it, what I find interesting is it's the same weekend every year as Burning Man, and I always say, okay, in the nerd world, there's like two types of people: those yeah. that go to Burning Man. That's right. And those that go to Dragon very Con. different, very yeah. different worlds. But yeah, no, yeah. But, but, the but Venn the diagram same, crosses same, over. Yeah, in nerd the same things. thing is that there are just tens of thousands of people in one room just hanging out. Yeah, uh, a lot of them are doing drugs. And uh, I'm too old. For all that. of them are wearing outfits. Outfits. It's 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 the biggest cosplay convention I think. Isn't it in the, the world. it that convention is run by fans, right? It's not like it was corporate. started. I, I I don't I don't I think they did start a business. I don't yeah. know if it's nonprofit or for profit, but it did start as a bunch of fans like um like a friend of mine from from Florida, Megan Maroney, who got me to go to the Dragon Con yeah. and convinced me to submit Five Truths and Light uh-huh. at, at, at Dragon Con. Um she was one of the first when it was just like a, a like there was like five hundred people or so meeting yeah. in the lobby of the Hilton. For sure. There, and now it's just this 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 huge, huge it is, it, and it is so great. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because um, here's a quote that I know that you're going to need for your resume. Okay. Okay. That um, Kimberly, my contributor, wrote about your characters. Okay. The television runner features comedians Ricky Lindholm. Did I say your name right? Yeah. Um, half of Garfunkel and Oates, and Josh Dean as anchors Janet Carney and Rico Java. Together, they craft a tone which is best described as. E News meets G Four with just the right amount of Dragon, oh man, <laughs> just the right amount of Dragon Con TV sprinkled in. Great, that's exactly <laughs> what we were going. Yeah, I literally just described that. That is yeah. insane. Well, it came through. Oh man, well that's great. It, it, we it, nailed it. It came through. Yeah, that that's that we we did what we were hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> as your voice <laughs> as your voice goes up. Yeah, um, well, I think I think I pretty much uh, covered all the questions I wanted to ask you. I've run out of time, so I can't talk to you about cooking. Oh, that's okay. Other, I'll be I back. Think... That's the other thing I'm a nerd about. That yeah. and uh, Nathan. What was your other nerd? You had three. So cooking, video cooking, games. video games, and uh, and uh, the Patrick O'Brien Master and Commander series of novels. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty books, twenty one and a half, and I have uh, read the entire series. Uh, I think fourteen times. What I, is it about that the series of books that you I just have love? No idea. You, 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 it's essentially Jane Austen it. for boys, but it is okay. the greatest thing of all time. I, I I listen to it on nonstop. It's the greatest. That's great. You know, <laughs> I've never read those. I should. They're fantastic. I mean, they get a little technical on the sailing jargon, but you can sort of jam yeah. through that stuff. Yeah. It's actually just really great writing. He is a fantastic writer. Well, there's Josh Dean's suggestion. For yes, you all. yeah. Books is uh, really old books about <laughs> the Napoleonic era of naval war. But it's lit- literature, so it never goes Indeed, out of style. Indeed, no, it doesn't. Truly. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, I am at Joshingtron on Twitter. And okay. I am at Washington on Instagram. Okay. And I have a website that I don't really do, use much called, uh, it's just www.joshcdean.com. Cool. And people can see like your real and Yeah, real and resume. sketches I've done and oh, awesome. pictures and things. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, and do you have anything coming up in the near future, or you're just waiting for? Uh, the next? Well, I'm, I have, you're going to go home I'm, and email Bioware. Yeah, hey, exactly. Hey, what's, what's going on? Uh, uh, I, I I have a couple of other games that are coming out. I've been working with other companies uh-huh. since I started that. Um, Not Ghost, allowed to announce those yet. I Ghost Recon Wildlands is uh-huh. about to come out. That's going to be a big one, and I got to direct on that. And um, I am in an uh, I'm a recurring character on Blind Spot, and so I have another episode of that coming out. And what's your character's name? Uh, oh, this is great. My character's name is Boston Arliss Crab. And, uh, <laughs> oh, on IMDb, it just said Boston. I was yeah, like, oh, so his name it's is- Boston Arliss Crab. Uh-huh. And uh, that name comes from a, it was an inside joke that my friend in high school and I had. It was every, every video game that you could create a character in, we would name Boston Arliss Crab. I don't know why. <laughs> We that was the name, but it just seemed funny. So and, wait, they let you name your own character? Uh, I know the creator of the show. Okay, and uh, yeah. he, uh, uh, we, I was having drinks with him and my best friend from high school who was visiting from Canada, and we told that story about how like that Boston Arliss Crab has been in every sport in the world. He's a <laughs> world famous skateboarder. He's an adventurer. <laughs> He's done everything. And so then he named that character like, after me once I got cast in the part. That's so, fantastic. And that, that you have another episode coming Yes, up. that'll be out in mid-February, and it's a really good one. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for coming thank over you. to the house. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. All right. Thanks for kneeling the whole time. Oh, yeah. No problem. I, yeah. I got to do it. Yep, you do. Um, do you need any ointment or... Uh, yeah, no. I Yeah, I would like a little lotion yeah. of some kind. Usually, an ungent. Usually, there's a pillow right next to you on the couch. I should have used that. Uh, it's my bad. I was so worried about using my new equipment that I didn't offer you the I pillow. I also wouldn't have minded on. just using the couch, but this is fine. This okay, is fine. that's okay. You can get. Do you need help staying up? Okay, I'll be, I'll be right there. All right, thanks. Supplicants, you may now rise. The merciful Odd has chosen to spare you. Please exit the internet to your left.